0: Okay. So Mitzi, tell us a little bit about where you're located. We're in uh Southeast Wisconsin. That's where we are. Um, some of the family lives in different areas in Michigan and Chicagoland area. Um, okay. But um the Family Foundation is Leslie was Leslie Smith um before she married me. And uh um and we're just having conversations with some of our uh our partners or potential partners here. So um Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and and what your role is with Invisible Girl Project?
1: Sure. So um, I've been a supporter of IGP for about two years. And then um, with some staff changes and expansion of the organization, they needed someone to come in and do donor relations. So I've been with the organization for about 10 months And, um, but I've always loved the work that IGP does. And, um, now that I'm kind of seeing things from the back end, I love it even more and it's, it's pretty incredible. So, um, Jill and Brad McAulier, um, began the organization about 12 years ago and, um, she was uh in India well they were both in India, and um brad actually um if you know this history, please stop me oh, okay it's, cool it's great <laughs> okay. To hear. Yeah. um um Brad was just surprised at how girls were not valued in India and um how it was it was really sad to see how much um girls were just honestly treated like they were not worth anything um so the families would sacrifice and send their boys to school but not their girls Um, and they would find ways to make money to bring money into the family from the girls um Dowry, even though it is not um, technically legal in India, it is still very much practiced. Um, same with child marriage. Um, girls are just not, again, so he was appalled by the the lack of, of value that he saw there. Um, and they decided to start Invisible Girl Project um, once they got back to the States. And um, because of the relationships that they had developed with partners there on the ground, kind of our our boots on the ground partnerships, Um, these folks develop relationships within the community to educate the families and the communities about female gender side, which is the killing of girls simply because they're girls. There's no other, there's no other reason. Um, abortion is illegal in India, uh, but it, unfortunately, it is still practiced. Um, and oftentimes, when even if the the mom does not or the family does not do uh, an ultrasound, which um, is also illegal, ultrasounds for the purpose of finding out the gender of the child is illegal. Obviously, if there are medical conditions that necessitate an ultrasound, but specifically for the gender that is illegal but there are there are places in india that women can go and pay an exorbitant amount of money to find out the gender and if they find out that it's a girl oftentimes they're offered a back alley abortion um or they will simply plan to once the baby is born to um expire its existence i'll put it gently how about that (laughs) it's it's Healing. And, um, girls, uh, most girls in India who exist in this framework, um, are, they have to work for their family. And oftentimes they work in fields for multiple hours a day, um, only to come home and do the same thing at home and work for the family. Um, and Brad and Jill wanted to see an end to that and see value brought to the life of these girls because they are created in the image of God and that is true of um uh, the Muslim religion, Hindu religion and definitely the Christian religion. So we want to see that impact as well. One of the things um so uh, I could keep going on cuz I do this all day long. So <laughs> Well, let me, let me stop there and allow you to ask some questions.
2: Yeah, well, just it, uh, it just piqued my interest. So it sounds like um, the government has set up a lot of rules and laws to protect girls now, huh? So they're seeing that in, as an issue. It's just the culture still. Correct. <clears throat> That's, Correct. An, I just, I mean, I'm unfamiliar with all that. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's great that the government is starting to see, like, we got to protect this. Sure, sure. And I I'll, have I'll, a difference.
1: I'll, I'll share a little bit. And this is, um, this is from me. Okay. So um, just as something that has helped me as an American born American raised individual to see kind of how this could be a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking back into our American past, um, slavery was abolished, right? And in no way am I comparing the issues specifically but just from an understanding being yeah. able to understand it um slavery was abolished but there uh, it was still practiced right right For sure. so and we know historically that even though there was an abolition of slavery it was still practiced and even with, with new documents coming to light, even to to this day, and definitely within the last 10 years, um, how people of color who were enslaved at that particular point were actually treated worse, worse post 1865 than they were prior. Um, There's no justification for that in any way, shape or form. So now I'm gonna kind of take that and transfer it to India yeah. So great, we have these laws in place, right? Um, who's enforcing them?
2: That's a fair point. Yeah, who's
1: enforcing them? Mm. So part of our partnerships is to educate the community about the laws. Work with um the education system. So India has states, just like the we have states here in the United States, um, and. We work within that to do mass education. So while we seek to rescue girls who are at the most risk, mm-hmm. and that is one facet of our of our program, another facet is to educate the communities right. and, about female gender side, about dowries, about child marriage. And what it really means, and how it actually impacts their community negatively versus positively. Yeah. Um, one of the initiatives that we're putting together to go into 24. Um, <clears throat> if you'll give me just a second, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna cheat and read off of the sheet. So, um, and my apologies for this, but I don't have this memorized because it is um, one of the boards of education is allowing us to go into two school districts. Um, And when you think of a school district, um, they're much larger in India than they are in your county. So even within your county, you probably have multiple school districts. I don't know how Wisconsin is set up, to be honest with you. I can tell you that's how it is here in North Carolina. Um, And we have an educational curriculum that we have developed that is impactful culturally because it's been developed by Indians, right? Because you can't have an American come in and go, oh, this is the way you got to do it. No, no, it is people in India who want to see this change. And so we're being able, we're having the opportunity to go into schools with our curriculum um, and not just uh, elementary, middle and high schools, but also universities and colleges. Oh, which is huge, yeah. huge. Um, and it's been incredibly impactful. So we do an entry survey with those students and we also do an exit survey with those students once they finish the program. And it is changing the ideology of how they think, which yeah. is what we need. Right. As right. much as I would love to say that we can go after each individual girl and family who still believes in female gender, gender side and devaluing of females, that is not gonna impact the culture long haul and it just makes more work on the on the yeah. broader side. What we've also seen is this ripple effect in the work that we're doing. So the ripple effect is a girl in a community um, who is in danger of death and let's just be honest, they're mistreated, they're neglected, um, They're not educated and education is huge. Um, Just like education here in this country is incredibly valuable. It's also free up until the, you know, you graduate high school. That is not the case in India. So India has um, governmental programs, depending on the state, um, that educate about up to what we would call second grade. So you're able to read, you're able to write, you're able to do basic math, and then that's it. That's all that the state is going to pay for. After that, it is up to the individual families to pay for that education. Um, And as you well know, it's expensive. for um, Our sponsorship program for $50 a month, so $600 a year, we can educate, um, provide safe housing, uniforms, books, and trauma counseling for the girls that are in our program. 600 a year per girl. Now you think about that investment. That's huge. Currently we have over a hundred girls that are in need of sponsors. They are in our program. They are being cared for, but they don't have individual sponsors. So it's not that we say, Oh, we don't have a sponsor for you. You're out. That is not the case at all. We, we want to help them and we do, but that puts a larger strain on our general budget to do that. And it also puts a strain on the ability to continue to expand with our educational programs
2: as well.
0: What is the, uh, help us envision sort of what, what your footprint looks like on the ground. Because um, I, I don't know if, if you guys are, are really mostly raising money and then working with local organizations over there, which is awesome, or if it's more, if you're more uh, embedded, what does that look like?
1: So we have a team. Um <clears throat> we have an India team, and we have a US team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So our India team works directly with um there's a couple of things that are going on, uh, several things that are going on with our India team. Um we work with partnerships with organizations that are already established in India. Um and um we have done uh they are the ones because they speak the language they know the culture and they are embedded in that community they have the most impact and um they also have the most influence right so <clears throat> one of our girls who had heard about IGP but she was um she was about 5 miles away from the uh local um village and you know we're talking a village of 800,000 people so it's a lot Mm -hmm. um (laughs) that's a
2: village village. just
1: just for context (laughs) um but she had heard excuse me about IGP I'm sorry just a a second the seasons are changing here I apologize and so it is um I have a whole colony of frogs growing in my throat. so I apologize about that. Anyway, um anyway, and so she was about 5 miles away and she walked to um to the nearest village and sought out one of our IGP counselors and social workers um because she had heard about IGP and she knew that that was her opportunity to have change have effective change um that took a lot of courage for her because she was you know maybe 13 years old at the time and didn't really know exactly where to find I mean I couldn't imagine as a 13 year old walking I mean sure I could walk five miles but yeah for for that dedication um to to happen So we were able to help her. We were able to find safe housing for her and get her the counseling that she needed and give her some education. She has since gone on to be an agent of change in her own community. So that's another ripple effect. Um, So to answer your question, John, getting back to kind of who are our boots on the ground folks our team in India goes in and works with those partners. We also um, look and f- to find other partners so that we can expand in other areas where female gender side <clears throat> excuse me, is still prominent um, so that we can expand our reach. And then, um, again, we work with them to um, really kind of identify the girls who are at the most risk. So our partners are multifaceted, but our mission is to seek those girls who are seriously at risk of death. Um, so where where we come in to help them is with that identification um, process. We've also helped them this year under the leadership of our new executive director, Abraham George. Um, He's been, he is absolutely fantastic. And um, in putting together a lot of data to help us understand what our communities are going through, and also um, put financial accountability with the partners that we are, uh, we're working with as well. So that if, um, you know, so that we're all on the same page, it's not to call anybody out, it's to say, hey, here are the best practices. And if you want to continue working with IGP, we need to make sure that this is an open and transparent conversation with how the counseling is going and how the finances are being used.
2: Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like what what you guys <laughs> do is different for each kind of situ- kid situation or partner organization. Is that true? It kind of, it's just, Different depending on which pocket you're working with organizations or is it um, like that 13- there's not a
1: lot of variance honestly okay. Leslie um, because of the areas that we are in they they it it's very similar across the board some of our partners may need a little more support from our IGP team than others because others have been doing it longer and they've been partnered with us longer. So they kind of understand where we are and what we're doing. Um, And then newer partners may need a little more of that um, coaching to identify the specific girls that we are trying to reach. So some, some girls um, just, some families are not opposed to educating their girls. They just need financial assistance. Okay. Um. And there are there are government programs to provide that that already exist in India, and that's really not our mission. So we want to stay laser focused on those girls that are actually in danger of losing their life their... because of the devaluation. Okay. So that their families or communities. Supportive. I'm okay.
2: sorry. Oh, so where their families are not supportive of getting. Okay. <clears throat> and so. Like with that thirteen year old girl you talked about finding safe housing. So is there like do you guys have homes fostered? Like how do you do that kind of when you say you Again,
1: it it is it's a community partnership. <clears throat> so um sometimes it's individuals, but those are individuals who are vetted. And sometimes it is homes, like actual um and then we also want to we want to educate the family. So part of our counseling is um also family counseling. So we had a girl, um, I'm sorry, a a father, this is an an amazing story. I just love this story. Uh, A father of twins um, who did not, um, did not want his wife to even continue with the pregnancy and certainly did not want her, did not want her, his girls to, to live. Um, Mom was pretty stubborn. And again, that takes a lot of courage in those in that culture Um, for a woman to be that courageous and to stand up not only against her husband, but when a woman marries into a family, she essentially um, leaves her family and is adopted into her husband's family. It it is. So whatever support she may have had from maternal grandmother and grandfather is usually distant Mm -hmm. um, unless they marry within the same village. And sometimes that's possible in, it happens, but not all the time.
2: Okay.
1: Um, the, what was I going to say? Oh, so dad was like, I don't want these girls. I'm I'm paraphrasing of course, because I don't speak um, Hindi or um, Udu or Tamal. So apologies. Um, I don't want these girls. I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to divorce you and I'm, I'm out. So our counselor came in and started working With the dad, um, you know, again, the the children were put in our sponsorship program and are being cared for. So they're getting um, and the direct the family does not get a direct assistance. It goes through our partners to make just to make sure that they have food, that they're clothed, those types of things. Um, But in that process, they're also counseled. Dad just had this epiphany during one of the counseling sessions and was like, they're created, God created them. They're in the image of God. There's no disputing this. And this epiphany completely gave him an opportunity for a 180. He started becoming involved with the his girls. Um, just, it was, it's just a very heartwarming story. I don't know if you guys have kids or not, but you you know, the dad, you, you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, how impactful it is to have both parents on the same page and moving in the right direction. It was just a very, very moving story for me. Um, And just personally, um, real quick, uh, I think that fathers play such an important, important role In the growth of both genders, it doesn't really matter, Uh, but so, so impactful. Moms do too, for sure. Um, But my previous work, I was in pro-life work and um, worked to end abortion. Um, It's just, it's very, very difficult. And um, reading that story, listening to um, Ishita, who is one of our um, team members in India, share that story, I was in tears because I've also been at at our pro life clinic hearing a dad sob because he had no right, and mom had already decided that she was going to have an abortion. So to see this, like you know, from my bringing that past memory and then seeing this completion of a family, it was just like,
2: yeah. Yeah. So
1: anyway, I'm sorry. I'm gonna but tear up a little bit. Um, so, you know, it's really about the unity and about not just <clears throat> supporting these girls individually, but the impact that they have in their family. And then the impact that that family has on the community. And it really does, it, it, it ripples out. Um, and I, you know, I wish, I wish you could put a a quantifier on that. Like, I wish you could put a number like mm-hmm. put a pin in those ripple effects, but, um, those the those are in God's hands, my mm-hmm. personal opinion.
2: For sure.
0: So you got you are in North Carolina, right? Yes. Is that yeah. that's where the office is or the state's head office? See, that's where you're located? So
1: we um we have cut down on um operational expenses and so we no longer have a physical office. Sure. Um so we all work from home. Um, I, I do rent, uh, this is me personally, just because I need people around me. Cause I'm a people person. Um, I do rent a co-working space here, lo- here in the Raleigh Durham area. Um, and where I can go and, you know, work from there. Um, just to get out of this, you know, I do everything here. Yeah. Sure. I shop for this place. I cook here. I clean here. I, Okay. do everything so it's somewhere. nice to have a place where you just kind of go to well, work i
2: understand <laughs> That's great yeah. yeah
0: and but the it are all of the all of the stateside staff are in that area though are you guys close so three of us are more... we're all
1: on the east coast Got um it. abby our executive director lives um in the baltimore area okay nice yeah cool. um jill and brad live here in the raleigh area and then our administrative assistant Peyton um also lives um she and her husband live in in durham so i don't know how familiar you are I, i'm not familiar with wisconsin so you could name yep. any city you wanted to sure. it could be completely fake and i'd, I'd be sure. like oh great that's awesome. yeah
0: we're, we're an hour from chicago that should that should give you some idea
1: right? oh i love chicago i've that's... only been there one time but it was a lot of fun just
2: drive north and you'll find us
0: yeah um okay that's great yeah that's that's awesome i love that you guys are uh going lean with those things that's that's our group would like to hear that. So,
1: Yeah. One of the things I will say too, that we moved our, our, our sponsorship admin stuff had been here in the States. We've moved that to India. Um, As you can imagine, the cost of living in India is significantly less. And we do pay our people a very good wage um, for the areas that they work for sure. Um, But moving that, um, that logistics piece of, you know, putting our girls who need sponsors with our, spo- with our people here, well, all over the world, actually, we have sponsors in England and Brazil, and yeah. it's pretty amazing how, how many people are very concerned about India. Um, uh, but moving that piece was a uh, very cost effective as well. And um, it's been, it's been a logistics, dream if you have any clue of what that means to be able to because it's a it's a it's a huge communication piece to make sure that the the sponsors have um have what they need to know about the girls and and vice versa so there's communication between the two and that that's available um but that has been um that's been a really huge money saver as well so
0: great any other questions? I don't think so. Thank
2: you. This was really good. I think our group as a whole didn't have a ton of background knowledge. So this is, this is really helpful. Mm-hmm. To okay. Kind of get to know. Right. Yeah. I'm
1: not exactly sure. Um, you, you guys have donated or Bill and, and uh, is it Juanita?
2: Right? It's Janita. So it's, yeah, it's, it's our family foundation, but yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, I've donated in the past and I know that this is the first time that you guys have done a, fan, a like a grant application thing, um, I, yeah. which is wonderful. And a lot of, a lot of people are moving towards that. Um, so I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Uh, we definitely appreciate your support tremendously. It is incredibly impactful. Um, and what I'll do is I'll put together, if you don't mind a little follow-up email um, about the initiatives that we're putting together and the places that we want to go in 24, probably will give you a, a more well-rounded perspective to what we do. And then, if you have any additional questions as far as numbers or budget or whatever, please let me know. And I'm sorry I've like talked over our time. So no, no,
0: you're you're great. The uh, we we really appreciate that. The one last thing we'd say is we're we're establishing more of a, a process, like we mentioned. And so what we're what we're moving towards is. Um, thinking about, uh, thinking about larger grants and for what, what we, we, we call larger would be for, for us, like $20,000 is a pretty big grant for the size of our foundation. Um, doing those in a three-year cycle. And then, um, and then we'll have two off years where we might still support organizations at, at a lower level, but we won't expect any, anything from them. So if we, you know, we love Invisible Girl Project and we, we do grants for three years, and then maybe that fourth year um, you just find five thousand dollars in the dryer or something like that you know there's no, there's no <laughs> process involved right. um but once we get through those two years um we we would reach back out and, and invite you to to apply and it's all it's all new so it, it might change, but that's just so you know what to kind of expect going forward yeah. that's sort of what we're we're okay. exploring
1: so in the past um the Smith Foundation has done thirty thousand 30, $30, dollars
2: yeah, so i think in twenty four i g p fifteen thousand and twenty two thirty thousand yeah, yes. but so we're just trying to put that out there just because we've worked with a lot of nonprofits, my family, and so just, you know, budgeting is an important piece of the puzzle, right? Absolutely. Like having Absolutely. some idea of what what might be expected, we just feel like it's helpful for you guys moving forward and yes. talking through. Like, okay, so we could expect bigger here, but then it might be less in the future or whatever. Got you.
0: Yeah, that's helpful. We also don't want to put you through any unnecessary rigmarole for, you know, for any reason. So trying to just figure out what we're doing and then be clear with people so that we don't cause extra work or or headache for.
1: I appreciate that tremendously. I've always said, I, I, I would much prefer a hard, a hard no to a soft, maybe. Yeah. 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 For (laughs) sure. (laughs) That's always been my preference. Uh, We so much appreciate. And
2: for sure. um,
1: And I will say that one of the things that I love about IGP is our, um, our stewardship of finances and resources. Um, We're very, very careful. We know that this is God's ministry. It's not ours. Um, And he's the one who is in charge. And so it's our, it's, it's important for us to steward his money. Well, just like he provides it for you, you steward it well and give it to us. It, it always remains. Um, in our mind as God's money. so that's <clears throat> and I also have to be careful. Um, I'm very glad that you guys are are Christian, um, but in the work that we do, we have to be very, very careful with, um, with how we put that out there. Um, so we don't we don't market um, Christianity because of the work that we do and because the Indian government is basically Hindu. Um, and they're not, um, they're not affectionate to any other religion. So we have to be very, very cautious. I just wanted to, um not sure who yep. gets this information. Yeah, least, I'm sure it stays in a tight network, yeah, but I did fair, want to yeah. put that out there um, as a caution. If you don't mind, like that's really important to us. So
0: yep. totally, totally. We
2: understand.
1: Fantastic. I really appreciate it. It was so good to meet you. Now Thank I want to come so in, I want to time. Wisconsin and celebrate birthdays as balloons fly up <laughs> the ceiling. Don't come.
2: Don't come until like May. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
0: it's about it, yeah, to be miserable for about four months. So,
1: oh, well, I love the but snow. We yeah. we never get we never get snow here in North Carolina, and when we do, everything just shuts down. So yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what it's like to like. What do you mean? It's only it's only been you know it's only three feet of snow. Get out there.
0: Yeah, here. <laughs> hear people like they we always, we always joke i used to be a pastor but people are more likely to come to church when there's a bunch of snow because it's like you have to prove it it's like it's not gonna stop me you know oh. a normal sleeping in on a normal sunday is fine but if there's a lot of snow then then we got to get out and and show that we're that you're
1: yeah that's
0: that's the joke anyways but. i love it
1: that's fantastic that's yeah. awesome fantastic all right well, we'll again you if you have any questions this was so much fun guys um yeah, yeah reach out anytime.